You're listening to the world famous Chick Whisperer podcast. And now, here's your host, Scott McKay. Okay, here we are. Episode number 66 of the world famous Chick Whisperer podcast. You got your man Scott McKay here, and we have a big show for you today. With me is a gentleman who just moved to Austin, Texas from sunny California. His name is Daniel Denick. Daniel, man, what's up? Hey, what's happening, Scott? It's good to be here. It's good to be neighbors almost. Yeah. Yeah, you uh, basically moved across the country with your woman last week. So please, you could make some time to settle in and uh, do a podcast with me today, man. Because I know you got to yeah. be busy. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm excited. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm enjoying the. Uh, I'm enjoying that new city smell so far. I'm digging it. <laughs> Excellent. It probably does smell better than California, doesn't it? <laughs> Minus the ocean air. That's that's true. That's yeah. the one thing I'm trying to get over is the is the lack of ocean. But uh, yeah, that Austin has got plenty to offer to keep me occupied. Well, the Gulf's not that far away, and they actually have waves. People don't know oh. that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, weather's good all year round, too. But anyway, what we're going to talk about today is something that, shockingly, we've never covered on this show ever before, and that's how to get over a woman after the breakup. I mean, there's lots out there about how to get your woman back, this, that, and the other. Those are very popular products that you see sold all over the internet, lots of books written about it, but... What happens when you know it's over, you know it should be over, but man, you just can't get over her. That's what we're going to talk about today. But first, as is our custom around here, we've got a voicemail. This comes from Marius in New Jersey, and uh, here's what's up with him. Hey, Scott and Emily, how's it going? My name is Marius, and I'm calling from Summers Point, New Jersey. Uh, my question is, what's a man to do when he's had so many bad experiences with members of the opposite sex that he really doesn't feel like he's attracted to any woman that he comes across? Thanks, Scott and Emily. Have a great day. I've been listening to you guys for a long time now, and I just want to say keep up the good work, and I look forward to many more of your podcasts to come. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Well, I'll tell you what, Daniel, he sounds so friendly and so upbeat for a guy with, man, just such a harsh view of how things are with women, right? Yeah, that uh, that sounds, uh, he sounds like a uh, otherwise really positive guy, um, but that's a, that's a hard thing to hear, for sure. You know, first thing he says that, you know, if you've had so many negative experiences with women, that it actually skews your view of women and it's hard to be attracted to another woman. Chances are he's had some positive experiences with with women they probably just didn't end well for him and it probably took him a long time to uh to recover from it and uh unfortunately often our uh, our last relationship tends to set the precedent for what comes after that and it's hard to bounce back from uh, really bad experiences with uh with women and I, I would say that one of the first things to focus on would be to really think about what it is that you want sounds like he's thinking about what he doesn't want to have happen. He's afraid he's afraid of it happening again. Now, obviously, he didn't give us specifics, but um, 
thinking about, okay, well, what would the ideal situation with a woman be and how could it be different this next time around? Chances are he's probably dated a lot of the same kind of woman, you know, as a lot of us guys tend to do. And um, there's something that he's been doing that's indirectly or directly causing these same experiences to happen, you know? Yeah, I'll tell you what, I think you hit all the salient points there in a row. First of all, Marius, man, all of us have felt like that. You have this girlfriend, she doesn't treat you right, you get cheated on, things don't really work out the way you want them to work out, you get a really bad rejection, or worse, a few of these things happen in a row, and you start saying, you know, these women, they're just not worth it. I'm going to go jack off to internet porn. I'm going to go fantasize about what could have been. Anything's better than having to actually deal with a warm body that can fog a mirror if that warm body happens to be female. We've all mm. been there and we've all thought that. And Daniel, I know you and I both have bounced back from that. And that has to do with something going off in our mind where we make a decision where we're going to go, hey, you know what? As rough a time I've had, as badly as I feel, maybe as negatively as I feel right now, I'm going to have to reset. I'm going to have to start from ground zero here and look around me and realize that I have a friend here who has a, a good girlfriend. Um, maybe some of my relatives, my sister, my aunts and my mom, you know, maybe they're all actually decent people. Uh, if you weren't raised by wolves and you think you were raised pretty well, chances are there's a good woman somewhere who had something to do with that. Hopefully a good father figure too. But just like you were saying, you know, Daniel, a lot of times the good news actually as a man is if you look at this pattern of what's happened over time, some way, some form, you're responsible for it. And that means you have the power to change it, right? Yeah. And, you know, that's the uh, reframe that is so important because uh, I can tell you in my experience that I was dating the same kind of woman over and over again because I was attracted to a certain kind of woman. And that over time wired up this belief that all women are like this. And it took a couple of bad experiences and uh, a couple of contrary experiences for me to realize that, oh, this is something that I'm doing. I'm, I'm inviting this into my life. And in fact, early on in the relationship, I am not drawing boundaries with women. I'm not doing the right thing so that the relationship, the dynamic wires up in a way that is healthy. I'm actually inviting women to be a certain way around me. It was a hard pill for me to swallow, but it was also liberating because then I could do something about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also, and this is no small thing, a lot of guys, I see this time and again, and I used to be the same way until I don't know what snapped me out of it, but you look around and you see women and they're beautiful and you'd like to get them naked and they say harsh things or they say rude things. Or even if you're looking at their online profiles, they're like, well, I hate men who are like this. And if you're like that, don't bother. And it's like we've given women a hall pass of sorts to be kind of bitchy and rude when they're especially attractive sexually. And we make excuses for that when in reality, what we've done is we as needy, desperate guys who let women off the hook for their behavior and let them display a lower level of character than they should. What we've done is we've created that monster. This woman has been conditioned over time because she's physically attractive to believe I can get away with anything. I can treat men poorly. I can be a bitch and men will come running even in larger numbers. It must work. When in reality, if you look in the mirror and you say, look, I'm a good guy, I'm going to treat a woman right, there should be more there than just a nice ass in return. And you start saying, okay, well, I'm not going to let the small head do the thinking for the big head anymore. 
I mm. expect a woman who's going to have some character, who's going to be nice and sweet to me. What I tell guys all the time, Daniel, is look, you want a nice ass and some nice boobies? Uh, they're all over the place. You might as well pick a set of those that are attached to a woman who's going to be good to you, who's sweet and has some character, mm. right? Yeah, and that uh, you know that bitchy thing that you were you were saying, you know, it's taken a while for me to uh, develop a boundary where it doesn't really affect me so much. You know, when they're mean or bitchy, is they're basically checking to see: Are you going to allow me to be like this? Are you the kind of man that will allow this, or are you different? And I actually kind of look at it as a test. And from their perspective, they uh, they kind of have to test whether or not a guy can stay centered and not waver when they're doing their thing. And the, one of the quickest ways to do that is to be kind of bitchy and see if if he collapses under it or if he can laugh it off and and do what he was there to do in the first place. Well, I don't think that's any excuse for it. There are women out there who find a good man based on being a sweet, generous human being of character. And mm. a lot of times these women who act like that, uh, they're giving themselves permission to do that, not only because they're quote unquote shit testing these guys or whatever, but because they see it as a defense mechanism against the wrong guys. It's almost like a caged animal or an animal who's cornered and has to fight back because she's dealt with so many guys who want to hurt her or just have sex with her and leave her or use her or whatever. It's sort of like because she's a woman, she's allowed to be more aggressive and feels like she needs to be more aggressive in that regard because men could, I don't know, physically hurt her even. So when men do that, when men get on their profiles and go, oh, all you mean women who have been taking my money and breaking up with me, guys who say that they know they sound pathetic. They don't sound like, I am woman, hear me roar, like the other side feels like she's saying. They know that's not mm. a good look for them. Meanwhile, women on the other side are saying, look, all you bad guys stay away from me. But Emily will tell women time and time again who come to her for help on their online profiles, hey, look, start talking to a guy you do want, not a guy you don't want. And so many women online, especially, are writing to all the men they don't want. And they sound like really mean, coarse bitchy women. And listen, I'm not complaining about those women. I just leave them alone. I mean, I think guys should go find a pretty attractive woman who's the whole package. And one thing I really don't understand, Daniel, and I know you have several other things you want to say about this, but just to kind of punctuate this, I don't understand these guys who write programs on how to get bitchy women to like you, how to attract mean women. Guys, look, if you've got a pattern of mean, bitchy women, you can change that. They're either that cornered animal reacting to you because they perceive you to be a threat and not in the good way, or they're just not nice people. Why would you want to attract them? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, being selective first is a, is a big part of this. Now, you and I are probably on the same page when it comes to all women are going to test, but are they testing in a healthy way? Or it kind of goes back to what our uh, our guy in New Jersey said, which is uh, these women are kind of the equivalent of what he just said. They're saying, I've been hurt over and over again. I don't want to get hurt again, but I still want connection. I still want love. I still want a man in my life. And when I read those women's profiles, that's all I'm hearing. When a woman says, I don't play games or I'm tired of bad boys or I'm tired of this. What they're saying is I'm attracted to bad boys. This is what I hear them saying. I'm attracted to bad boys. I like playing games and they're projecting it out there. It has very little to do with what it is they actually don't want. They're just reacting to uh, what's happened to them in the past. You know, you've, you've seen it. You've seen women with profiles saying, you know, if you're a cheater or if you're this and well, 
what I read there is that she's wounded. She's been cheated on and, and she doesn't want it to happen again. Or worse, she's uh, a cheater. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's very high possibility there. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it's very fascinating to me how the stories you tell and the things that you say say so much about you. And when a woman's listing off all these things they don't want, they're saying they're hurt. This has happened to me or I might do this to you. You know. Well, something I've talked about recently with a coaching client or two is this whole idea of the listener will ascribe traits you're talking about when talking about another person to you as you're talking about them. So in other mm. words, if you hear a woman say, oh, she's a bitch and she's a whore, you're likely to look at that woman and go, oh, she's a bitch and a whore. <laughs> you know, the woman who was talking, the one I'm referring to. And I think you just said something very similar. So when you see these women's profiles and they say, hey, look, I don't want a guy who plays games and I don't want a guy who's a liar. You think of that woman as a liar and someone who's going to play games. And that's just really unfortunate. I'll tell you what, Marius, I think you want a solution instead of a reiteration of the problem. So I'm going to offer one here and then I'm going to let my man Daniel do the same thing. Take control over your interactions with women and start leading in a way where you expect these women to treat you right. Start walking up to women with that expectation rather than perhaps projecting word that Daniel used so effectively mm. that, okay, here's another woman who's going to treat me bad. This is going to end poorly once again, because women are hardwired to follow your lead. We've said that probably every episode we've ever done of this show. And some of you guys are like, well, there he goes repeating himself again. There's a reason because it's so foundational to everything having to do with being good with women. You lead and they will follow that lead. If you're incredibly nervous when you're talking to a woman, she's going to feel that trepidation. She won't feel safe and comfortable with you. When you make her feel playful and relaxed, she's going to like you. She's going to like that feeling and want to be around you more. And she's going to feel more like a woman and recognize you are the man who brought that out in her. When you lead like that, you're going to start seeing this ship turn around. And also, don't be fooled. If you see red flags, it's okay for you to run away from those red flags from minute one. Pick a woman who's attractive to you who's also going to treat you right. And I think that's something that seems so basic. We just don't do it. It's one of those things that, you know, I can harp on that day in, day out. And men will still go out there and pick the wrong woman and call me or email me and ask me why things turned out the way they did. What do you think? What advice do you have for Marius? Well, again, he didn't really give too many specifics, but behind what he said, probably have some boundary issues with women. Pretty early on, they probably get to do whatever they want to do. And when we're in that stage where we're enamored with a woman and we're not really, you know, the chemicals are kicking in and we only see them through that light, it's very easy to, to kind of brush it aside. But, uh, you know, years ago, uh, my cousin actually, and he went through several really bad relationships and he came out of it with this idea of, well, you know, I guess no good deed goes undone. He had this whole righteous indignation thing when the reality is that he couldn't say no to women. And then slowly he would start to, to resent them. And one thing that I have found early on in a relationship, you know, what, what's called tacit agreements wire up. And these are unconscious ways of relating to each other. These roles that, that you agree to play with each other. And very early on, if you're the guy that allows her to be a certain way, then she will keep pushing that edge. So practice early on having boundaries, 
saying no, you know, being clear on where you're at with her is also going to bring out a different side of her. I actually agree with you, Scott, that you want to stay away from people who are mean spirited. But at the same time, there's an alchemy to personality. We bring out different sides of each other. You know, you're probably a different person with your friends and your parents and with one girlfriend versus another. So um, understanding that early on, you are allowing certain kinds of behavior. And once those initial settings, so to speak, are, are set, it's really hard to change them. You can use those negative experiences that you've had as a guide to find out where you need to draw boundaries with this woman. Because you may find that if you have clear boundaries early on, you may bring out a different side of women. I agree with that. You know, I've written about this before. One man's stupid bitch is another guy's <laughs> princess dream woman simply because their personalities <laughs> mesh better. That much is true, a matter of personal preference. But when she's just hateful and her character's below standard, I think that does stand alone. I would have to stand my ground on that one. But yeah, in terms of personality types and stuff like that, oh, sky's the limit. Another thing you mentioned that I definitely want to talk about a little bit more is you talked about how he was resentful of her after her behavior in his mind kind of didn't match up with all the nice things he was doing for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that Mr. Nice Guy routine where I'm just going to give you presents or I'm going to let you do whatever you want and every answer to you is a yes and we're going to spend money and we're going to be on your schedule and if you don't want to do something, it's okay or if you stand me up or you flake out, I'll forgive you. Not only does that, like you said, sort of train that woman in how – well, I don't know this guy is actually leading her to act in this relationship. That's scary, right? But also, she's going to start resenting him for letting her get away with all that stuff because where's the leadership? If this guy can't stand up to me, how can he stand up for me? Where's the protector? Where's the provider? All of a sudden, I'm in charge around here, and the woman probably will never be able to put her finger on it, but there comes a time sooner than later where she goes, look, I'm just not feeling it anymore. Mm. You're not the guy I feel sexually attracted to anymore. And what does the guy do? He looks at it logically and goes, I did everything for you. I bought you everything. We did all the things you want to do, and now this? Well, all these women are bitches, and I don't want anything to do with them anymore, right? That's where a lot of guys end up. And Marius, you didn't give us a whole lot of details, so we're kind of talking about this topic in a way that we think will probably relate to other guys. Perhaps you, perhaps not so much, but definitely certain guys listening to this are all going to relate to it. So I really appreciate you sending us that question because it gave us a lot to riff on. And in honor of you sending that question, I want to go ahead and have Daniel tell you what he's going to give you a copy of because this is really good. He's going to give you a copy of his epic, awesome program called Over Her Overnight. And uh, Daniel, is that just for one woman you've broken up with or can it help a situation like Marius's also? Tell me about it. Sounds like he's probably still reeling after a recent event. And so um, it's more about that few weeks leading up to and the, the weeks, months, and for some guys, frankly, years after breakup where they haven't been able to, to move on. Even despite themselves, they're still kind of stuck. They're living in the shadow of that last relationship. So a big part of what I've spent these last seven or eight years creating is a shortcut to getting over that and getting to a place where you're, you, know, you can hit the reset button, so to speak. It's hard to date. It's hard to uh, be attractive to women when you're still recovering or heartbroken or feeling empty from a breakup. 
I know, as Scott has said, that, uh, you know, women pick up on this stuff. And I know that after several of my breakups, you know, when I would go out and try to talk to women and I felt that emptiness of still carrying it around with me, they could sense it. I was like a, I was like a wounded gazelle on the plains of Africa, you know, and, mm. and because women are like tuning forks, they feel where you're at. A woman, when she's heartbroken, trying to get over a breakup, she can still doll herself up and go out and get the same amount of attention from guys. But when you're in a bad state, it just becomes a downward spiral. So uh, this is a big experience for a lot of guys. And we don't talk about it that much because we've got our egos involved. But uh, I don't want you spending months or years still heartbroken and living in the past. And, um, you know, the program covers that. It also covers uh, one of the things that I've found over the years is that initially I was very one pointed in helping guys. I was very focused on, okay, well, you know, you just need to get over her, you know, and do whatever it takes to move on, get her out of your mind. And something that I found over the years is that a lot of these guys, uh, I would say about a third of them were getting back together with their ex-girlfriends. And it was almost always after they'd gotten over her, after they had gotten to that place where they weren't attached to the outcome. They weren't triggered. They weren't, you know, hanging on her every word and constantly thinking about her. They had a chance to start things from a different place. And so, uh, you know, it also talks about whether or not that's for you. You know, sometimes she really is the right girl for you and you just step out of it, get perspective, reset yourself and go back. And other times, you know, she's the wrong girl for you. And even though I know it sure as hell doesn't feel like it, breaking up with her is uh, one of the best things that could possibly happen to you. And so, uh, Part of the program is also figuring that out, figuring out where you're at with her once you've uh, gotten past the emotional pain. Wow, that's deep. There's a lot there, more than I ever expected. That's just excellent. Marius, you're going to get a copy of that, and that will come to you free of charge, courtesy of Daniel Denick. And you other guys, if that sounded good to you, if that sounds like the place where you are and you want to get over your ex-girlfriend or possibly decide whether you should get back with her or not, Here's a quick URL for you so you can check out Daniel's program over her overnight, the shortcut to getting over a breakup. That's www.thechickwhisperer.com front slash Daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L. Once again, that's www.thechickwhisperer.com front slash Daniel. Check that out. See what you think. And guys, we also need your voicemails. This is a call out for you guys to pick up the phone Send us your voicemail questions. We need really good ones. We need ones where you don't hang up in the middle and then not call back <laughs> and give it a second take. Okay? 210 is the area code. Coming at you from the 210, which is Santone, Texas. 210-362-4400. Once again, 210-362-4400. You can call that 24-7-365. Now, no one's going to answer that phone. You don't have to worry about someone live answering that phone and you tripping all over what you're going to say. It's purely a voicemail. If you don't like what you said, hit the pound sign, start all over. It's all good. Here's what you want to do. Say your first name, where you're from, and then give us a question that a lot of guys can relate to. It can't be really esoteric. It can't be really very personal. It has to be something that a lot of guys would want to know the answer to. Then when you're done, give us your email address and spell it out so we can send you your prize at the end. And we'll be answering your question here on the Chick Whisper podcast with a future co-host, a world-class expert in this sort of stuff. So definitely call us and leave your voicemail. And Marius in New Jersey, thanks a million. Now, Daniel, you were just getting warmed up, man, talking about how guys feel and 
how it really affects us after a breakup. We just don't get over this woman, especially if it's a breakup we didn't want or we feel like we're at fault and we screwed up this opportunity with our dream woman. Now what? How do I ever find another woman like her? Uh, will I ever get her back? Maybe she's already found another guy. I know my own personal story from back when I was in college has that sad ending tied to it. Now, you said you had a personal story of your own. Let's go ahead and hear that. Let's start off with that. Well, uh, after I'd graduated college, I uh, was with my college sweetheart of two and a half years. And at that point, I moved to New York City. We had a uh, kind of a complicated long distance uh, relationship. And very shortly after that ended, I was still in, you know, I was in a new city, didn't have very many friends. Um, I was still kind of reeling from that breakup. I met this other girl. Um, this is just when I was kind of getting into learning about dating and attraction. I met this girl on the subway and we ended up hitting it off. And, and I felt crazy head over heels with this girl. And we were only together for, I want to say, a couple of months. And, uh, you know, all the clues were there that she wasn't entirely into it. But uh, I was so... Um, I want to say tunnel vision with her that I didn't see it. It's amazing the capacity we have to, uh, to kind of make excuses for a woman when we're really enamored with her. So she broke up with me. And actually, she had tried to break up with me several times and I didn't hear it. Because I remember a couple of times she had said, I don't think that this is going to work. And I'd reassure her that it's going to work. I didn't realize at the time that she was actually trying to break up with me. And um, I remember after that, you know, after all was uh, all was said and done, at the time, I was a little bit too proud to reach out, even though I was constantly thinking about her and I was really wanting, I was always wrestling, you know, I would have this text that I want to send and you know, this crazy urge to like reach out to her and talk to her. And I barely had enough willpower to not do that. But I remember a couple of months passed, I was thinking to myself, why, how is it that I'm still affected by this? You know, I haven't seen her or talked to her, but I'm still constantly thinking about her. I remember it affected me physically. I uh, kind of felt drained. I was kind of walking around in the days thinking about her. I saw women who looked like her constantly. And uh, honestly, again, this was about eight years ago. I thought that there was something wrong with me. It was unusual for a guy to be this hung up on a girl. And uh, I remember at, at one point, I actually went to uh, the bookstore. I went to Barnes & Noble. And I, I was in so much pain that I wanted to, I needed to do something about it. So I went to the section of the bookstore and started looking at books and it didn't help me feel any better that all of the how to get over a breakup books were all written for women in these like pink and purple fonts. And even despite that, I like got myself a pile of them and went to the corner of the bookstore, you know, hoping nobody would see me and, and read through <laughs> right. them. And that's when I realized there was really nothing out there for men because it was just assumed that we don't we don't deal with uh, breakups the same way that women do. And uh, the truth is that actually more women statistically leave men than the opposite. So that's true. You know, there's no reason why would we wouldn't take it any harder. We've just been kind of socially conditioned to think that it's uh, it's unusual. And a uh, few months or a couple months after that, I went to an event. It was one of uh, David D'Angelo's events called uh, it was called Man Transformation. And Sure enough, I was in this room with 400 really cool guys who were all about self-growth and evolution. A lot of them were successful and good shape and articulate and smart. But they were all talking about in between sessions as we were all standing around in groups. They were all talking about their breakups, their last woman that they haven't been able to move on from. And that's when it really hit me that, wow, a lot of guys really do go through this. And, uh, and that's when I, uh, I started to refocus coaching and uh, to, to really learning about this area of life. And uh, yeah, as guys, we do, we do handle it different. We, uh, we tend to hole up. We tend to withdraw. We don't, 
have a very strong vocabulary for our own emotions. Uh, like our, uh, our guy in New Jersey, uh, we also tend to, uh, based on uh, one or two experiences, we tend to say, okay, well, screw it, you know, screw all women. And as a result of that, we actually don't get over it as fast as women do. Because women, on the other hand, instinctively, you know, you've heard like women, they go get makeovers, they go talk to their friends, they, at some level, they make it a point to start building other connections in their lives to compensate for it. For men or for women, there hasn't been a really systematic approach to dealing with the emotional pain after a breakup. But the truth is, after I had surveyed about 20, I want to say 20 to 25,000 guys online over the course of several years, about 20% of those guys said it had been over a year since their breakup. So uh, this is a this is a thing. And, um, you know, if you feel like uh, your situation is unique or you feel like uh, it's been a while and you still haven't been able to move on, uh, there's nothing wrong with you. In fact, you know, chances are as unique and personal as it feels to you, um, any guy with any kind of life experience has been through at least one breakup that has kind of shook them to their core and has caused them to, you know, doubt themselves is, was a big blow to their confidence and, uh, and took them a while to recover from. And some guys don't recover from it. Yeah. I had a guy come to me one time for coaching who, uh, said, you know, I just never been able to find another woman like the woman I broke up with and I just haven't dated again since. I'm like, all right, well, how long has it been? He said 32 years. Yeah. Not one date in 32 years. And interestingly enough, I have a tool whereby I can help guys kind of gauge how well a woman fits compared to their gold standard. And you can sort of grade it like you would a term paper. Mm. And this woman he had been pining for for 32 years got a B minus. Mm. And it was just tragic. And yes, it was helpful and very instrumental to him snapping out of it. And he ended up actually dating a woman he met at his uh, 30th high school reunion, who was a different girl who actually went to the same school that his quote unquote dream girl had gone to at the same time and who he just never got to know until later. I, I just thought that was an amazing, interesting development to that storyline. Uh, but I can just see a guy like you or me or someone else hiding almost absconding to the corner of a Barnes and Noble with this <laughs> book written for women because there are no books written for men, hoping no one will ever see him reading it and changing all the references in he's not that into you to she's not that into you, hoping it translates and hoping it works <laughs> out. You know, I can just see that happening. And I'll tell you what, man, you have these situations where you get so wadded up with this woman and you think she's your everything. And you talked about how men just don't seem to get over it. They wear it on their sleeve, whereas women can just kind of put on lipstick and sing a Beyonce song to themselves and go out there and just kind of let their anger drive them. And men are more just like, oh, poor me. You know, I'm never going to be able to have another woman replace this one. I'll tell you what I did. I want to raise my hand too and chime in here because I had, I had a girlfriend in college who I just couldn't get over. She showed up at the beginning of the school year one year, and I had one night as something fierce. And unlike what usually happens in those situations, I ended up getting her to go out with me. And we went out for 11 months, and I was like, woohoo, she's my favorite girl of all time. Mm -hmm. And she was. She was totally, absolutely my type. If you look at my current wife, who is also absolutely, positively my type, they could be sisters. Just, I have a type, and she was it. And um, we were both very young and very immature. And I think that had a lot to do with it. And 
she would test me and I was sort of Mr. Nice Guy with her. And I'm sure after months and months, no matter what else was happening, she was kind of sick of me just giving her everything she wanted and treating her like a princess. And she was starting to treat me with less and less respect, kind of like boiling the frog over time, you know? Mm. Until finally around Christmas time, I got fed up with her and I broke up with her. And it was over the phone. And it was in a fit of just emotions right there in the moment. I said, you know what? We're broken up. I'm not going to take this out of you anymore. And I would not look at other women anymore after I had her in my life. I wouldn't even so much as look at them. This wasn't only the kind of woman I'd put up on a pedestal. She was actually in my life. So you can imagine how it was. And I went to bed after breaking up with her on the phone going, huh, yeah, there you go. That'll teach her. And then, of course, by morning, I was like, what have I done? Right? Mm. And I called her up. She had already gone to class. I waited this horrific longest day of my life to be able to call her when she was done with class. Yeah. She answers the phone with a nice, happy expression, like, oh, hi, Scott. What's up? And I told her, you know, I'm really, really sorry, this, that, and the other. She goes, well, too bad. So-and-so already asked me out. We're going out tonight. Uh, mm. I mean, she'd already found another guy mm. already. And here's the thing. She's still married to that guy. They have children oh. together. You know, they're in their 40s now. That guy married her. The next guy. I mean, he had been sitting there waiting for us to break up. Just kind of like a lion sitting there stalking, waiting in the bush, waiting for the prey to make its move at the <laughs> right time so it can just leap and pounce, you know. That guy wasted no time. Now, that alone is a lesson for every guy on this call, mm. what that guy did. But, of course, what did that do to me? I was all of a sudden devastated. Not only had I lost the woman, it was all my fault. I did this. Mm. I think it was three years, Daniel, before I really was fully over that little chick mm. and the whole situation. I remember there was this perfectly adorable, hot, friendly, spunky, fun, liked to giggle a lot. One of those great women and wanted to go ride motorcycles and go rock climbing and do guy things. She was like tomboyish in a feminine, fun way. She was like your little partner in crime who wanted to make out. She was amazing. She was terrific. Mm. And we'd gone on several dates, and uh, boy, was she horny. Oh. And finally, she and I ended up at my place together with nobody else around, and she was essentially waiting for permission to rip her clothes off and ride me. And that permission mm. just never came. And I was just like, you know, I just am not doing this situation justice. I don't like this girl as much as I still am pining over the one who got away. And I actually still had a picture of my ex-girlfriend by my bed in my room. Uh -huh. This is the first time this girl had been to my room. before. And I remember I excused myself to the kitchen or the men's room or something because I just I needed to go get a drink or take a piss or something. And I came back and she was gone. Mm. And the picture of my girlfriend by my bed was now on my bed face down. Ah. Uh -huh. And I chased her out of the house and say, wait, come back, come back. I can explain everything. Because I didn't, I thought for a second, you know, she thought I was cheating on her and had a different girlfriend or something. And she just looked at me out of her car window, which was rolled down. I remember she drove a Volkswagen Fox. Remember those? And she just went later with one of those interminably long L's at the beginning and sped away. Like, you know, women don't usually chirp tires when they leave. <laughs> she did. That was a front-wheel drive car, so you can imagine. And I never saw or heard from her again. Yeah. And 
It took me a while, but I realized I had talked about my ex-girlfriend and what she was like with her, which was stupid to begin with, and she mm. put up with that. And I'm sure she recognized the picture. She didn't think that was someone I was dating now. She knew that was someone I had dated in the past and couldn't get over. And you know what? She had a high enough self-esteem that she said to herself, I'm sure, I don't need this. Yeah. This is ridiculous. This is bullshit. And this guy's got a problem and I'm not going to be part of the problem. I'm part of my own solution. I'm Mm -hmm. out of here. And I lost perfectly good women until I snapped out of it. And I had people I didn't want to hear from as well as people I respected, you know, old church ladies, best friends, and everyone in between say, you need to get over that girl. Or like, dude, you need to get over that chick. And they were all saying the same thing in almost the same words. It's like, dude, she's not coming back. And yet it took that much of my life to get to the point where I could date again. And listen, that was 10% of the 32 years, like for the guy I was coaching. So what was my solution? Well, you know what? I'm not even going to give my solution because I think three years is a crappy solution. I want to hear yours instead. Interestingly enough, you were describing the relationship up until that point where you broke up with her. And I also like that you had pointed out that this new girl that you were dating, like she had high self-esteem. That was probably hard for her. You know, she obviously liked you. She was like, you know, hanging on the vine, waiting for you to make a move. That was probably hard for her to speed away. Uh, it was still jarring for her, right? And what you had Oh, it done was painful, with, sure. Yeah. And what you did with your ex-girlfriend was a moment of self-confidence. It was you saying, I can't deal with this anymore. Um, but of course... There's this thing that happens that when we make the decision, the onus falls on us. And of course, we second guess ourselves. And right after you break up with somebody, there's actually like a chemical part of this. You actually go through, they've shown that going through a breakup is very similar to withdrawing off of cocaine. So you're actually, you know, nature has an inbuilt way of punishing you for passing up a mating opportunity. It's a totally documented thing at this point. So you make that decision and you're going through that pain, that withdrawal, so to speak. And and you have a moment where you're like, no, wait a second. I don't want to do this. Panic. You call her. And of course, she throws the other guy in your face. And from what you told me, from how she was treating you, it was interesting that you said that like the boiling the frog bit. It is interesting how when things happen gradually, you don't notice them. The stuff that you probably would not have allowed or uh, would have been off-putting at the beginning of the relationship, slowly over time, it starts to become normal. And it sounds to me like you gave her the out that she was looking for. She probably already had that guy in mind. You know, Women will often keep pushing men to break up with them by treating them worse and worse. They just keep acting out. And often they won't do it themselves. I've heard this from women over and over again. They're like, well, I had to be a bitch to him so he'd leave. It makes sense to other women when they say that. Not saying it's healthy or right, but something happens when you make the decision, you're going to doubt yourself. And now she's off with another guy, which is insult to injury. And she's happy with this other guy. It happened immediately. There's nothing worse than getting replaced so quickly. If we could take our ex-girlfriend and have her frozen cryogenically somewhere so we could spend a year getting over her so we know she's not out there banging other guys, we'd probably do it. I mean, most guys can relate to this idea of like, oh, I don't want to be with her, but I just don't want her to be with other guys. This is kind of part of our wiring. So um, that little switch that happened where you're like, oh, it's my fault. I screwed up. And now she's with another guy. That beating yourself up part of this, it's something we... As men, we really do that. We have this fear of like, oh, I screwed up. I blew it. When 
actually that moment when you drew that boundary with her where you said i can't deal with this anymore was probably a strong moment for you but unfortunately you know you spent the next three years questioning it right that was part of it i mean what you said about women sort of being mean on purpose to guys because they don't have the guts to break up with them that was huge mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, just like we don't want to make women cry or we don't want to hurt their feelings or we really fear a woman's emotional outburst, women are actually pretty nice creatures and they don't want to hurt us either. And so they think it'll be better if they give us a reason to break up with them. I just wrote a newsletter not too long ago about how one of Emily's friends had this guy she wanted to break up with and she couldn't break up with him because he would throw crying fits or pit their friends against her to take him back. And he was just such a schemer in terms of keeping that relationship going that he didn't even mind looking pathetic, anything to keep her around. And it was working because she was a kind hearted person who didn't want drama, but she would come to Emily and go, man, I got to get rid of this guy. How am I going to do it? But he was mm. nice and he wasn't doing anything mean or illicit or anything like that. So she just couldn't bring herself to do it. These women will end up starting to put roadblocks in the relationship, hoping you'll say enough is enough and break up. And I have a feeling that might have happened in my relationship that I was speaking of. I think that little gal said, okay, well, he's a nice guy, but he's, you know, becoming too much of Mr. Nice Guy, too needy, whatever. I don't feel it as much as I used to, but I don't know how to break up with him. But as soon as I gave her that out, man, she slipped mm -hmm. right through that crack in the door and was gone. And, and here you are thinking it was your fault. You know, that you did it, you know? Oh, yeah. That's the whole the, time. And, I, and I've noticed that, uh, including myself, a lot of guys who get into this area of learning about women and dating and attraction, it usually starts with some kind of painful breakup. But one of the side effects that happens that can be dangerous is that as we start to learn more about dating and attraction, we start to feel empowered. We start to feel like, okay, well, we can actually do something to affect how women respond to us and how attracted they are. And guys often take that, they take these new things that they're learning and they look back at their relationship and they're like, I didn't pass her shit test or I wasn't doing this or I wasn't doing that. And, and they kind of like use that, what they're learning against themselves as if it wasn't already bad enough already. You know, I, I know I went through that uh, where I was like, I was starting to learn all these new distinctions and, and it just kind of added fuel to this overall feeling of inadequacy that I had from having lost my ex-girlfriend, you know, and that, that's something I think. While a breakup can fuel guys into making sure that the same thing doesn't happen again, there is a grieving period. There's a certain point where like you just have to kind of process the emotions and feel the loss. And uh, later on, I find that when you have some distance from that, you can actually look back at it and see the mistakes that you made. And uh, and also, it's worth remembering that uh, I'd, I'd like to look at this perspective as it's 100% your fault and it is 100% her fault. At the same time, sure, there might have been areas where you screwed up, but it's not all about you. There's also her. There's also things that neither one of you could have done. There are a lot of things that go into it, but we tend to um, really harp on this. Why did it happen? What did I do wrong? Giving it a little bit of time before you look back at it and say why. It's hard to do, but uh, the, the reasons will come later on. Um, when you're in it, you can't see straight. It's just part of it, you know? Well, interestingly, I think it's easier to get over a woman if she did you wrong. Like if she cheated on you or she just ended up being a real bitch or she stole something from you or whatever, then what you do is you go out with some other woman and have sex with her and say, ah, yeah, there you go. See, I already got another woman and I'm already 
I've already gotten over you. You've already been replaced. And the sobering thing for me and thinking about what I just said is look how quickly my ex-girlfriend in college got another guy. So maybe she could have felt like I was the one behind this breakup. It was my fault. I did her wrong this whole time. Who knows how she viewed it? It was different than how I viewed it because here I am thinking to myself, oh my gosh, what have I done? I've kicked the greatest woman I've ever known out of my life because I'm an idiot. And now I got to live with that. I think that sentiment is harder to live with for someone, male or female, than if the other person did them wrong. Because, hey, you know, if my ex-girlfriend in college cheated on me or whatever, went out with this other guy first before I broke up with her, I think it would have been a heck of a lot easier for me to invite that new woman into my bedroom and see what goes. Yeah. You hit on something really important. I'm glad that you mentioned that, is that uh, it's easier to get over somebody if they have done you wrong. Where it gets confusing and complicated is that uh, really there's two reasons why a woman will break up with you. The first reason is that she really wants something to change. Like she genuinely is drawing a line in the sand and says, if this thing doesn't change, I can't see myself staying with you. Now, deep down, she doesn't want to leave you, but unless that thing changes, she can't see herself going on. And that is often very workable. The second reason, which is a lot more common, is that she's lost attraction, interest, and respect in you. And most of the time when that's the case, she's not going to tell you that. What she's going to do is manufacture reasons unconsciously. She doesn't know she's doing it, but she's going to look for reasons why it won't work out. You know, that's when in her discussions with her friends, she's going to start talking about how, well, you know, I, I just, I don't see us staying together. Or we have different values or she will say all kinds of stuff that is Mr. X that have nothing to do with the real reason, which is that she lost attraction, respect, and interest. And the maddening part of it is that guys get stuck on that stuff. They're thinking, well, she said that I don't text her enough or I work too much. So I handle that, but it didn't make a difference. So they're running around trying to fix all of these things when it's not about that. It's the attraction, respect, and interest. Now, uh, you know, it, it gets a little bit more complicated than that, but this is when if she's lost attraction, respect, and interest, she will look for reasons. And some of those reasons might be just to make you wrong, to have a case, so to speak. Again, it's all unconscious. She isn't going to say because of her own self-image, well, you know, I really wanted to fuck this other guy, but we were together. So, you know, I, I just figured I'd break up with him because I was more attracted to this guy. What she's going to say is, eh, well, you know, he's just, uh, he's not ambitious enough or he's not this. She'll look for reasons. It's kind of the opposite of what we do when we first meet somebody and we're enamored with them because we don't look at the negative things. We only look at the positive things. Um, and so often taking the things that she says at face value can be pretty dangerous. So what do you do? How do you get over this woman? Well, the first thing you start with is recognizing that a lot of that initial panic and pain is brain chemistry and treating it almost as if, you know, you have a flu or a sickness and you want to go back to the basics in your life. First of all, you know, making sure that uh, you keep that brain chemistry from going out of whack by sleeping, all the stuff that we generally don't want to do when we're pining over our ex-girlfriend, you know, spending a couple of weeks just focusing on your life yourself and the exercise, getting sunlight, being social, doing all those things is what's going to keep your head above water. It's going to keep it from spinning into a depression. Um, the next thing is to be pretty deceptive. You know, when, when you're trying to work something through in your head, often you're not actually going anywhere with it. 
if you've ever found yourself daydreaming about your ex-girlfriend and a few hours have gone by and you don't feel any better because of it, usually what you're doing is you're often making it worse. So I have found over and over again that actually writing it out, writing fake emails to her, saying all the crazy, insane stuff that you want to say, um, but just saying everything that's in your head, um, putting it out on paper in a cohesive way actually shakes off a lot of the charge that it has. So it's not looping around in your head over and over again. Now, there's no way around feeling some pain. You know, I don't know that you'd be human if you didn't feel any pain. There's no way around that. The writing definitely helps. And again, this is for you. It's not for her or for anyone else. It's just to get those thoughts out of your head and onto paper. And uh, the next bit is, what are your other meaningful connections? I, mean, you've, I know, Scott, you've had friends like this where as soon as they find a girlfriend, they disappear and uh, and suddenly, you know, they get dumped and they come out of the woodwork and they're like, oh, hey, friends, you know. Um, often as guys, we tend to like get consumed by our relationships. Women instinctively go out and rebuild those relationships. For some reason, as guys, we don't do that. So pushing yourself to start to draw connection from other people in your life, even having a few female friends around can help kind of buffer that loss of not having, you know, that feminine energy around. Just having a couple of female friends around is, is really important. Um, if you have some of those, spend more time with them. Uh, another big thing is to uh, rearrange everything in your surroundings. You've probably been in that place where everything reminds you of her. One of the ways that you can curb for that, and again, it's still going to keep happening. The universe has this weird way of rubbing it in your face, when you're, especially when you're in the tough spots. I, uh, I was actually hanging out with a close friend of mine uh, a few years ago in Santa Monica, and he had just found out that his girlfriend was cheating on him, and they broke up. And for the first time in three days, I got him to leave the house. And so we were walking around Third Street Promenade, I remember. And you know how they have those little sales carts there that sell random stuff usually throughout malls? Um, sure. They have them all over Third Street Promenade. And just as we were walking up to one of them, the television on one of them started showing a commercial that she was in. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just as he was beginning to feel better, you know, there it was, that reminder. And that stuff's going to happen anyway. There is some humor in that. It'll happen in the weirdest ways. I've had, uh, you know, a friend of mine who's uh, um, back in the day when Facebook was suggesting friends, um, his ex-girlfriend popped up after he had unfriended her, but her profile picture was her making out with another guy. That's going to happen anyway, but in your own space, you know, rearrange your furniture, put up some new pictures. It's a good time to invite some of your female friends uh, to come help you do that. Change everything in your uh, your bathroom, change your screensaver, change up all the music you're listening to. This is going to help kind of scramble those associations for a little bit. And uh, keep doing that for a while. That way, your mind's going to go there anyway, but you want to at least create a space where you can have a little bit of relief. Get her off your Facebook timeline. Whether you unfriend her or whatever, make sure her posts aren't showing up in your timeline because that will be a constant reminder of her. And, and I think some guys won't do that because they're like, oh, I'm pining over her so much that it's sort of like a train wreck. I know I don't want to see this, but I got to see this. I can't look away. It's a weird thing. Facebook and all of those things are just one click away too. So if you have a lapse in willpower, there it is, you know, and immediately there are pictures. Maybe she looks happy and she's out there doing stuff without you and she looks fine. Like it is fuel for the fire. And a, a lot of guys have this whole thing of like, well, I don't want to unfriend her because she'll get offended or I don't want to unfriend her because that's my last tie to her. 
Um, often they're still kind of talking to their ex-girlfriend. When a woman's your best friend, it's really hard to just cut that out. For a lot of us guys who aren't that social, she's actually our only best friend. It's not uncommon. Often, especially if she's moving on, she may still want to be friends. Often women will, uh, you know, they'll keep their ex-boyfriends around kind of for emotional support until they find something else. Now, you probably wouldn't say to a woman that you're breaking up with, hey, you know, I really valued the sex that we were having. You know, even though you don't want to break up and I know that you're heartbroken, is it cool if we keep having sex until I find another woman? Is that is that all right? You know, you wouldn't say that to a woman because it's kind of a dick move. Women actually- What happens though? Yeah, it, it absolutely happens. And women do the equivalent to men by kind of using them as a refueling station. You know, when if they haven't established another relationship yet or if they're trying to move on, you know, they're having doubt, they'll go back to their ex-boyfriend and they'll they'll hang out, they'll say, "Hey, you know, come over." And that keeps them hanging on. And it's like that woman saying, "Sure, I'll have sex with you. I'll do whatever it takes." You know, guys will play that friend role, they'll play that limbo role for a while. And unfortunately, it does two things. She loses respect for you when you do that. If she can downgrade the relationship and you go with it, she'll lose respect for you. In addition to that, she doesn't actually feel the loss of not having you. In fact, you're easing her into her next relationship. If you want to get a second chance later, she has to feel what it's like to not have you around. She actually has to feel that loss. And uh, But it's hard for guys to do that because, again, the idea of cutting her out of her life just seems crazy. And if she is not in our life, we're not going to be able to forget about her. So uh, it's one of those uh, traps that guys get stuck in. Giving her that space and allowing her to miss you and reconsider, and, you know, not giving her closure is also another way of uh, at least leaving things open for later. I actually talk about how you uh, end it in a certain way that's powerful and uh, is you drawing a, a boundary with her, withdrawing and saying to her that, you know, you need your own space, your own time. Sometimes you announce it to her and sometimes you don't. It depends on the situation. And then putting space in between you and her to where you have some time to go recover. Because unfortunately, when you're in that panic state, when your brain chemistry is all crazy, that is not the time that you want to be reaching out to her. You don't want to be operating from that place. Every guy will tell you or, or any guy who will admit to it will say that they've probably done some silly, dumb stuff at the end of a breakup that they look back at and they're like, oh, God, that uh, I shouldn't have done that. That was stupid, you know, and intentionally putting that space between you and her will keep you from doing that. Because again, we all have lapses in willpower. It's like, oh, well, I'll just send her this text. And that text turns out to be like five texts. And you know, you're pouring your heart out. And I don't know what it is about breakups, but everyone seems to want to write really, really long emails or texts. It, suddenly it becomes a thing. You want to keep yourself from doing that stuff because usually it just makes it worse. And that's my approach in that during that time is to end it in a powerful or at least stop at a powerful place. Stop on a high note. And then let it sit, go recover, build connections, get your confidence back, revisit it, test it, and then go do it again if it's still not working. Uh, but each time you're going to come back stronger, each time you're going to come back more like the guy that she first met because you're not going to be so attached to the outcome. And the more you get over her, the less overwhelmed you are by all the emotional roller coasters, the more attractive you're going to be to her again. It's just how that works. I mean, again, she can sense all that stuff. And if you're acting at all from desperation, even if you say or do the right thing, you have the perfect line, whatever, she'll sense it. You know, if you and her have been on and off, you and her are still talking, or, you know, if it's been a while, end it on a high note, end it in a powerful way, give yourself some space. And then after you've uh, 
kind of let that sit, giving her an opportunity to miss you, even uh, an opportunity to kind of rethink what's happened, start it back up again and just keep doing that until either something changes or until you're in a place where you can see that she's uh, not right for you and you've gotten over it. And so this way you can, on one hand, give yourself a shot at a second chance with her while at the same time you're getting over the emotional pain and you're not acting from a place of desperation. And I think if it's time for this to be over with, you got to look at it like smoking. You know, it feels good while it's going on and you like it, but it's killing you. (laughs) So you got to stop. You got to quit or else you'll die from it. I mean, I think that's how you have to look at it. So most definitely. His name is Daniel Denick. The name of his program is Over Her Overnight, the shortcut to getting over a breakup. And you can find it at www.thechickwhisperer.com front slash Daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L. I think you should take a look. This guy obviously knows what he's talking about. And let me tell you, there's a lot of programs out there on how to get an ex back. But if you know you needed to break up with her and you're just not over her, I think this is the one program out there that's going to help you through that problem, guys. So uh, definitely check it out. Daniel, thanks for joining us today. Great show. Thanks for having me, Scott. It's great, great stuff. And guys, if you're not on my newsletter yet, make sure you do that because I send you free actionable content every day that is going to help you get better with women, be a better man in general, help build your character, get you ahead in business, everything we as guys want. So to get in on that, go to www.thechickwhisperer.com, drop your email in the slot there, and you will be getting all that free stuff on a regular basis. Until I talk to you again real soon on episode number 67, this is Scott McKay from X and Y Communications. Be good out there. The Chick Whisperer podcast is copyright 2009 by X and Y Communications. All rights reserved worldwide. Be sure to sign up for the X and Y Communications newsletter at www.thechickwhisperer.com. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for The Chick Whisperer Podcast.